today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If runners in a race will do that to themselves, deprive that from themselves, beat their body into submission to run this race for a temporal crown, how much more should I discipline myself, go into strict training, and run this race for a crown that lasts forever. You ever work yourself ragged for something you're passionate about? If we do that for earthly satisfaction, Pastor JD reminds us, how much more should we do that for Christ? We fight every day to earn our eternal crown. Keep your eyes on the prize and don't get distracted with the whims of this world. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 2 Timothy chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. It's getting serious. And it's getting real. And this is no time to play around. It's no time. You know, there may have been a time, I suppose in all fairness, where the world in which we lived was more forgiving of the Christian just kind of playing around, playing church. That time does not exist, and that world does not exist any longer, and it will never return, by the way. It'll never happen. The Christian life is a brutal fight and a grueling race. And that brings us to the third one that I want to spend the remainder of our time on because it is so important. You're keeping the pedal to the metal, you keep fighting to the finish, and you keep your eyes on the prize. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of what Paul says when he refers to this crown of righteousness that awaits him. By the way, Uh, Let me parenthetically say, this is very important, don't miss this. Notice he specifies in reference to the judge as the righteous judge. The inference is, is that there are unrighteous judges who do not make just judgments. What Paul is saying is that God is a just judge. He is fair, just, and righteous in His judgments. And everyone will be recompensed according to that which they did. What we do now matters for eternity. I'm going somewhere with this. I really need you to stay with me because it is hugely important. Do you realize that what we do here on earth matters for all of eternity? So what's our lifespan? Let's just say, absent the rapture, it's three score and ten, 70 years, maybe longer, but let's just use that for purpose of discussion. 70 years, the majority of which we determine our entire eternity. So what we do here matters for all eternity. I was uh, having a conversation with my son who's back in college in uh, California, and 
And it was a really good conversation because we were talking about what he's doing. You know, he's studying hard. We're so proud of him. And But he knows the rapture could happen any time. So the question becomes, well, what's the point? Why am I why am I doing this? No, there's a reason why you're doing this, because what you're doing now matters for eternity. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm just a student. No, no, no. I want you to think about this. This is where I'm, where I'm going with this. Things that you might deem insignificant here in this life, God is preparing you for eternal life. What? Wait a minute. So I don't have to be a pastor? No. In fact, more better you're not, <laughs> because pastors are judged by a much higher standard. So what are you saying? What I'm saying is that God, you know, what, what do you think we're going to be doing for all eternity? Do you know that we're going to be working? You know that work was blessed before the curse? Work was blessed before the curse. We're going to be working. Oh, not by the sweat of our brow. It is going to be a get to, not a got to, when we're in heaven. And we are all uniquely made in His image, for His glory, for His kingdom, forever and ever. Amen. And everything you do here on earth is going to determine what you do for eternity. So you mean I'm going to be a student in college for all of eternity? No, (laughs) that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the talents, the giftings that you have are such that they're going to matter for all eternity. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not, you know, a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not serving in full-time ministry, which, by the way, is a misnomer. There's no, no such thing as full-time or part-time ministry. It's lifetime ministry. And we're all in the ministry. It's a priesthood of believers. Did you realize that? You're in the ministry. Yeah, but I'm just sitting here on this comfortable chair. Thank you very much, by the way, for the nice comfortable chairs and the AC. But yeah, but you're still in the ministry. God wants to use you, and God will use you if you'll let Him. Now, I want to kind of turn a corner here, if you don't mind, and, and talk about how it is that not only is looking forward to the rewards that await us, not only is that okay, it's mandatory. And I'll explain what I mean by that. There's nothing wrong. You know, we we always want to, you know, kind of couch it in noble terms. Well, I'm just serving the Lord, you know. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I've, I've got some crowns, baby. i got some rewards awaiting me. i got treasures in heaven, man. Oh, that's what you're doing it for? Come on. This is the Apostle Paul we're talking about here. And he's talking about this crown of righteousness. It's not our own righteousness. As Isaiah says, our own righteousness is as filthy rags. This is Christ's imputed righteousness. And that's what he's waiting for and looking to. And I would suggest that it's the one who does not have their eyes on the prize that will not finish well, if at all. 
It's because I know that's what awaits. It keeps me going. It keeps me going. Keep your eyes on the prize. Don't look at that. Don't look at this. Don't be derailed by that. You know, and uh, I learned this. This is crazy. Uh, I just thought of this. Maybe this is the Holy Spirit. You know the um, the relay races, you know, for those of you that run in, I never did this, of course. <laughs> I just sat on the bleachers in uh, Jesus' name. But uh, you know the relay race that where they pass the baton, right? I heard the coach say to the runners, when you start up, when they're coming, when they're approaching, and they're going to put the baton in your hand, don't look back. Because if you take your eyes off of the where you're going, and you look back, it's going to cost you the race. At best, you slow down. What's the application here? Well, <laughs> Dare I say, we, instead of keeping our eyes on the prize, we keep our eyes on the other guys. That rhymed, I know. I'm looking at someone else's ministry. I'm looking at what they're doing. And I got my eyes off the Lord. It's probably one of the dorkiest sayings, but it is so true. If your eyes are on others, you're distressed. If your eyes are on yourself, you're depressed. (laughs) And if your eyes are on the Lord, you're blessed. How true is that? And that's what the Lord's saying. Just you keep your eyes on me. Don't look at them. Don't compare yourself with them. when, When Peter tried to do that concerning John, he's like, Lord, what's up with this? John, you just told John that, and Jesus, I never imagined Jesus being harsh in his tone. It's just very gently, hey Peter, what's that to you? What's that to you? In other words, none of your business. Why are you looking at him? Just look at me. Keep your eyes on me. Isaiah would say it this way, he whose mind is stayed on thee, will be kept in perfect peace, perfect peace. When I think about whatever treasures I've laid up in heaven, Matthew chapter 6, by the way, I think about the crown that awaits, because by the way, this is not just for the Apostle Paul, because he's very explicit and very clear when he says, Timothy, this crown of righteousness that awaits me, from the righteous judge, it's not just for me, but it's for all who long for His appearing. (laughs) That's me! Long? I can't wait! I mean, I ache, I yearn for His appearing. Now, I point this out because Again, this is a must. I don't know how else to say it. Maybe there's a stronger way to say it, but this is an absolute must if we ever hope to, like the Apostle Paul, say, I have fought the fight. I have finished the race. I am that drink offering completely poured out, nothing held back, 
for him. And now, <laughs> in my departure slash rapture, oh, the crown, the rewards that await me. If we are to have any hope, we absolutely must keep our eyes on the prize. Because that's what's going to get us through. And I'll even take it a step further and suggest before we close, that in the days and weeks ahead, as it would seem, it is very likely the propensity for things to get infinitely worse than they are right now. If we're to have any hope of getting through that, we better keep our eyes on the Lord. That's the only way. I want to close with 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Here now the Apostle Paul, earlier in his ministry and in his life, is writing to the Corinthian church in his first epistle. And he really expounds on this metaphor of running the race, finishing the race. He says, verse 24, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. It is believed that Paul is referencing in that day what we know today as the Olympics. And they would have the competitors, the athletes in these games that would run, and then they would have the judges that would give them that wreath, you know, that you see the uh, you know, in that culture, in that day, a, a, a wreath on their head. That was our crown. It's like buying flowers. It lasts for like four days, and then that's it. And Paul's going to actually <laughs> reference that. But that's what they're running for. That's the award that awaits the winner. So in our modern day Olympic games, which have their origin in that, you have the panel of judges, and this, by the way, is the Bema seat, not the white throne judgment. This is the judgment seat of Christ. It's not to judge us and penalize us and punish us. It's to reward us, like in the Olympics. He's a righteous judge. Sometimes those judges, uh, maybe they got paid under the table. So the guy who really should have won, didn't win. Unjust, unrighteous. So here's the judge, the righteous judge, that is at this judgment, waiting to give us the gold medal, as it were. That's the judge, that's the prize. So Paul is likening the Christian life to running this race, which again, <laughs> that's what a race is. A race has runners, but, you knew the but was coming, right? Only one gets the prize. What's his point? His point is this, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training, and they do it to get this measly wreath of a crown, this leaf of a crown that will not last, but we do it 
to get a crown that will last forever. Well, that's kind of a game changer, isn't it? In other words, Paul is comparing the Christian life, and and he said, look at these guys. The deprivation in the strict training, they, they deprive themselves, and they go into this strict discipline training. For what? A leaf? A, a crown with leaves on it? That doesn't last? And if they're willing to do that for that, wouldn't it stand a reason that we would be willing to do at least that, if not more, for a crown that lasts for all eternity? And the way we run the race of the Christian life will determine that crown. And it will last forever. You know how long forever is? I know this is deeply profound. It's forever. And ever. And ever. Just trying to wrap your mind around eternity. It's kind of like this. Talking about the 70 years in this life as a lifespan. (laughs) 70 trillion years. Wait, 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 let's back up. Think about this. Try to count to even 7,000. Just 7,000. Maybe even back it up more. Try to count to 700. Oh, boy, I, I lose interest about 248. That's 700. We're talking about 70 years. Now, try to wrap your mind around eternity. There's no time. There's no measurement of time. A trillion years, but a second in terms of the time that we live in. Man, if I'm not mistaken, shouldn't just knowing that change the way I live my life? As brief as my life is, as James refers to it, but a vapor, like that drink offering, that just, it's a vapor, just gone. That's your life here on earth in comparison to eternity. It's been said that soon one life will be passed, and only that which was done for Christ will last. It's kind of sobering, isn't it? So he goes on, he says, therefore I do not run, verse 26, like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now that's kind of hard. What's he saying? He's saying that if runners in a race will do that to themselves, deprive that from themselves, beat their body into submission to run this race for a temporal crown, how much more should I discipline myself go into strict training, and run this race for a crown that lasts forever. Eyes 
on the prize. Knowing what I have to look forward to makes whatever I'm going through easier to get through. When my eyes are on Him, my eyes are on eternity, I'm heavenly minded. I think it was Mark Twain. I don't think it was. I know it was. And I totally disagree with this very well-known saying of his. He said that you can become so heavenly minded you're of no earthly good. I think the opposite is true. I think the more heavenly minded you are, the more earthly good you'll do. Is it not the ones who are not heavenly minded that are doing nothing here in this life? They need to be more heavenly minded. Let me just, and this will be the last, my final closing, okay. (laughs) I haven't said the last thing yet, so we're almost done. I want you to think this through with me, please. What if you knew I mean, no man knows a day or the hour. This is a total hypothetical, but I, I want you to listen to me. What if you knew that you had a week and one day left in your life? One week and wh- what would you do? Oh my, wait, first, let me just recover from the shock that I've got a week and one day left. Are you kidding me? No, you got one week and one day. What are you going to do? <sighs> First of all, I'm going to make sure my life insurance is updated, and then I'm going to uh, get my affairs in order, and then I'm going to call uh, so-and-so, and I'm going to... Well, then the question needs to be asked, why aren't you doing that now? Oh, I thought I had more time. Oh, really? That's not what Paul's describing here. There is no more time. That trumpet could sound at any time. There is nothing that has to happen before the rapture happens. And I don't mean to be morbid, but it's the truth. It is also very possible that one's death could precede the rapture, and it's game over. So how are you going to live your life? How are you going to live your life? Pedal to the metal? Full steam ahead? Fight to the finish? eyes on the prize. I want it said of me that I did that. I want to, like Paul, say, I finished the race. I fought the fight, man. I I did it. I did it. Crossed the finish line. Where's my crown? Don't be giving me one of those leaf things. Yeah. Where's my crown? My eternal crown. That's right here. Well done. Good and faithful servant. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you haven't yet found a church home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family can be a source of support, comfort, and most importantly, faithful prayer warriors. Paul wrote the book of 2 Timothy with this in mind. He knew how important it was to have the support and prayers of other believers in Christ. Church is also a place you can serve and encourage others, too. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast prophecy updates and an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there. This is a great tool to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. Again, that website is inspiritandtruthradio.com. As we continue to study wisdom from the book of 2 Timothy with Pastor J.D., we hope you've been encouraged to live out your faith in a new way. The Bible holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you on your faith journey. So keep diving in. Well, that's all we have time for today, but be sure to join us next time for more from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth. 